0: Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Schurstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that his heart is free to grow in knowing him and to grow in walking with him. It says here, for this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and we must wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need to hope for something we already have or something that we already can see? So because our hope is yet set on what is not seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. In the same way the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in the midst of all of our weaknesses. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray. Or nor the best thing to ask when we are praying but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf now mm. I love that translation because that word super intercede comes from a Greek word that means to be hyper so he's hyper like hyperspeed, hyper, speed, uh, hyper to, to super intercede on our behalf pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words God, the searcher of our heart, knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God the Father for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God the Father's plan and our own personal destiny that God has spoken over our lives. So we are convic- convinced that every detail of our lives is continually being woven together to fit into God's perfect plan. Of bringing good into our lives because we are the lovers of God and we've been called to fulfill his actual design purpose for our existence for he knew all about us before we were even born he destined us before the beginning to share the likeness of his son this means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him having determined our destiny ahead of time he called us to himself and transferred. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he will co-glorify with his Son. Father, I just want to thank you for your living word here tonight. I just thank you, Lord God, for just breathing upon your scriptures here tonight, causing your scriptures to jump off the page and into our heart and become part of the very fabric of our spiritual being tonight, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church right now, here, tonight, in July 21st, 2022. We thank you, Lord God, for that. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us a fresh spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning your will, your purpose, your plan, Lord God, and the power of your resurrection that's at work in us right now for your glory and your honor. And I ask that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Apostle Paul is just talking about, man, this incredible work that uh, that, uh, that God the Father has already preordained and predestined and preplanned. I love uh, how the, the Psalm 37 Uh, reads uh, in the Hebrew language, it reads like this. It says like this, uh, that that God himself is busy himself with ordering up your next step in relation to your destiny, okay? So God knows because your destiny has already been pre-planned and pre-ordained. The Bible records that in the book of Revelation that Jesus Christ himself was actually crucified in the mind and heart of God before the very foundation of the world so what does that say to us that says to us that this thing was over before it started now come on I don't want you to always remind yourself this thing was over before it started come on now before Adam was created before Eve was created before they committed the first original sin before original sin came into the into the spirit of of, the, of, of humans before that ever took place God knew Man, can you think about this? Think about it. God knew that that was going to take place before it took place, and yet he chose to create man anyway. He knew all of the pain and the suffering and the wounding of his own personal heart that would take place by virtue of the rebellion of his own sons and daughters, and yet knowing the pain that was going to come in light of all of that, he chose of his own sovereign will to create us to become his sons with us. Come on now, with the answer already in motion to bring redemption and salvation and to bring us back to a place through Jesus the Christ, the second Adam, that we might be restored to a place of great power and dominion and authority like the first Adam was. Come on now. So we as believers, I want you to grab a hold of this, grab a hold of this. We as believers are supposed to be taking understanding and taking the authority that we have Listen, if God wanted you to live in heaven, he would have created you in heaven. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to drop that right on you and let that sink into your heart. If God wanted you to live in heaven, he would have created you in heaven. He did not want, he does not want his sons and daughters to live in heaven. He wants them to live on the earth. That's why he created them on the earth. Come on now, not in heaven. Uh, that's why he created the, the earth was a mirror image of heaven and he wanted his son uh, to literally hear his voice and then walk with his power and his dominion and his, his authority and rule this earth down here come on now there is no scripture in heaven that said that, that tells us to pray in such a way for us to get to heaven or to get earth to heaven we're supposed to be praying according to Jesus that heaven will come to the earth yeah 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 yeah. that's what Jesus said in what we call the Lord's Prayer you might want to read it sometime it'll change your life Um, it is this is not about we're not down here trying to get to heaven we're trying to get heaven and the kingdom to the earth and manifest on the earth that's why we are not going anywhere anytime soon. I, I, I know because I, I'm all about breaking the mindset of the escape mentality. Oh my God, uh, the Antichrist, uh, the spirit of Antichrist is r- ramping up kind of thing on the earth and uh, everything seems to be getting worse. Well, I got, I got, uh, I got some good gospel news for you. If you just actually spend some time reading and studying history, you'll find it's always been bad. And there's actually times in history where it was bad, worse on the earth than it is right now. Come on now. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Come on now. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're living on in a time where, come on now, you can open up something like this thing. We got a thing called an iPhone where we can communicate with everybody on the planet at one time kind of thing where um we got all we live in a nation where we got everything that we could ever possibly want or need to do what God has called us to do come on now so we need to really stop with all of the excuses why we can't make why why it can't happen in our life you weren't born in a third world nation you were born in this nation especially us born in this nation we got no excuses for not allowing and following the, the, the footsteps of the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to leave. We got every resource on this, on this nation to help us do what God's called us to do. So we need to have that mindset, I'm not trying to get out of here. I'm here for until it's done. I'm not, I'm not going to leave one day earlier until I know that I know that I know that I have finished my course, my destiny. My God's plan for my life and I'm not living I'm not leaving a day early. And I don't care what I gotta go through to get there, I'm gonna go through it. So we need to have that kind of mindset because he says here that in the midst of all, he's taking everything, the good, the bad, and ugly, he's working it all together for our good and for his glory. And so in the midst of it all, listen, if you want to walk, and I'm not gonna take time to read it here, but I was reading there from at the beginning there from Philippians chapter three, where the apostle Paul says, listen, it is my passion, my great passion to know Jesus, to know Jesus, to know Jesus. The number one priority in your life, come on now, is what, come on now, is to know Jesus. Come on now, not to have a nice car, not to live in a nice house. I mean, and I'm not against all of that. Listen, I live in a, I, we re, we rent a very nice house. I, I drive a very, I drive a, a a very nice car. I mean, it's not a Maserati, but it's a nice car. And, uh, but it kind of thing. But hey, you know what? Uh, my wife just inherited our next trip back there at the end of August. We're going to be driving the car back. She just inherited a, 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 a Shelby uh, yeah, GT Mustang Convertible 2007 with only 7,000 miles on it. And it looks like it just came off the showroom. It's, uh, if you bought a brand one today, it would be about $100,000 that car. Right now, that car itself is worth about 45000 50000 as it sits. And there's actually, that exact car is in a museum in St. Louis. That's how valuable that car is. So we're going to drive that car back at the end of August. So I just want to say that, yeah, God is a good God. Come on, somebody. And he don't mind if you have a nice car. Long, he don't mind if you have nice things, as long as those things don't become an idol, and that, you, that, that those things don't have you. But you use them as a tool to bring glory and honor to God. Come on. And so that's, that's so important. So God's not against you having nice things. Uh, and so it's all about your heart. It's not about what you have or don't have. And so, because the reality is, I've met a whole lot of people in other nations that are very powerful, men and women of God, very spiritual, and they don't have, they don't have one-fourth of the natural blessings that we have here in America, and that they are, they move in power, dominion, authority, and anointing, and are extremely spiritual, and walk in an extreme likeness of Jesus Christ, And so it has nothing to do with what nation you live in it has everything to do with allowing the holy spirit to give you the power to keep your heart right before the lord and so this is what this passage of scripture is all about being conformed into the image of the lord jesus christ and and seeing your destiny come to pass for his glory and his honor to see his purpose his plan his vision his dream for you to come to pass in your life kind of thing and uh, and so it takes time we're going to go through paul says listen I want to know Jesus and I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to walk in the power of that but to do that I've got to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. So and and so I'm not I'm not talking about suffering in things that he paid the price to set you free from but I'm talking about just there are trials and tribulations and hardships and challenges and spiritual warfare that we have to go through in this lifetime here on the earth that that carries a real genuine element of suffering in real time. And we've got to be able to go through that and still maintain hope, come on now, and trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that no matter how long it takes for his promise to come to pass in your life, that he is going to keep his word. And so the Apostle Paul says that even in this maintaining A high level of hope because faith is the substance of the things that you're hoping for. Let me say it again. I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. This table is made out of a substance. This rug is made out of a substance. This, uh, that mic back there is made out of a substance. And miracles, signs, and wonders are made out of a particular substance. And it's called faith. And so if you never release any faith to God, he can't use it to form that which you're hoping will happen in your life. So you've got to come to that place, and faith comes by hearing a, a word, and that, that word will come from the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, who quickens the written word of God to you. So even in this aspect of hope, he says, you're going to need the help of the Holy Spirit in the midst of all of our weaknesses. Now, three weeks ago, I started this, this teaching now, and I said that that word weakness is the Greek word asthenios, as Okay, and it literally is trans, trans, uh, it's a generic word for, our generic word in English would be sick. When you say somebody has cancer, you say they're sick. If somebody has a cold, you say they're sick. Sick is a general term in the English language that covers every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, every weakness that you ever will encounter in your mind in your body in your spirit as thinios and so there's five primary categories that fit into that word as thinios. and so i i i illustrated it like this that as is like a glove it's like the glove that goes over your hand and inside the glove is five primary categories of sickness and i'm going to talk about them tonight okay so but it is the will of god for us to to live free and to overcome every time that we experience some form of weakness to not live under the dominion of that but to live uh, in a place where we can walk free from that every single time. Now, I said last, uh, three weeks ago, that there are two main words in the Greek language for sickness. The first one is therapeo. Therapeo, we get our English word therapy. And so it means this, that uh, it means when, let's like therapy, it means something that has action to it. When Jesus prayed for the man that was in the synagogue and he had a withered hand, he said to him, as he, he said, listen, I'm going to heal you now, stretch out your hand. And the man was not healed until he actually tried. His hand was totally lame, withered had no muscle, had no action to it whatsoever. He could do nothing with it. It just hung there. And yet, Jesus said, nothing's going to take place as it relates to the restoration of that hand until you do something. So faith without corresponding action that is tied to the obedience of the Holy Spirit in your life is not faith at all. It's dead faith, the Bible says. So living faith, that's why Jesus said, if you just had the seed, That is like a, if you had living faith that's like the tiny little seed, you could actually speak to a mountain and that mountain would respond to you and you can command it to move out of your way and it will move out of your way. But that, so it isn't about, it isn't about how great or how, the amount of faith that you have, it's about is your faith living? Is it alive? And, and alive faith comes from an alive word faith comes from a word a spoken word how do you know if a, the word is living on the inside if it's a living word is it speaking to you if it's not speaking to you it's not alive it's not living so it has to be talking back to you so as you read it it's going to talk right back to you kind of thing it's going to smack you in the face so to speak kind of thing there's going to be a quickening in your spirit and you know that that's a living word and that living word will create living faith on the inside will cause the miraculous to take place in your life and all of that takes place by way of the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that word asthenios, <clears throat> okay, therapeo. So when when the Lord is going to bring healing, whatever area of life that may be, there's always going to be some kind of corresponding action that He's going to take, He's going to ask you to do. It may be simple, it may be, it may be just to, to pray, it may be go to a place, it may it may be make a phone call. It may be give some money to somebody. It may be uh to be kind to somebody, whatever it may be, to give your time to a particular organization without expecting anything back, just to go and serve whatever, or to serve, or to pick up a ministry in your local church and begin to serve them. Whatever the, the Holy Spirit leads and guides and directs you to do, whatever it is without the obedience. God doesn't respond remember I said that the provision Jehovah Jireh the provision shall be seen coming up the top of the mountain with Abraham he said this is gonna be the place called Jehovah Jireh the provision shall be seen but the provision wasn't seen by Abraham until he obeyed the Lord and so until you take the step of faith the provision will not be seen and so you've got to obey the Lord one way whatever that may look like in your life kind of thing so 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 very important okay and so that's the first word for sick right there so a corresponding action when Peter spoke to the man that was lame at the gate called beautiful he said listen now I I don't have any money on me right now he said but that which I do have I'm going to give to you now get up and walk in the name of Jesus he didn't pray for him he didn't ask God if it was his will he just he knew that Jesus said I've all given you all power all dominion all authority now go heal every sick person you come in contact with that's what jesus said make sure you raise the dead and make it a habitual habit to raise the dead and to drive out demons and when you come in contact with them make it a regular all everyday occurrence in your life when these things when you come i'm not talking about going looking for demons under the bush but when they present themselves you need to realize that you've got all dominion and all authority over those things and that when you show up demons gotta go when you, when Jesus, Jesus would just show up and demons would begin to manifest. He would not even say a word. His presence, he would just walk into a room and boom, demons would start talking, come on. Demons would start, they would start manifesting, they would try to start killing people, kind of thing. Try, At least try to do it, kind of thing. And so, uh, with his very presence, I'm submitting to you that you should be walking with that kind of authority. When you walk into a room, I walk with that kind of authority. I have a knowing, I have a knowing, I have a knowing. Come on, now me and Sue have been married for 30 years and all of the different places that we lived in. I've never prayed over any dwelling place that we've been in. I don't anoint it with oil. I don't pray over it. I don't cast any demons out. You know why? Because when I walk through the front door, every demon that may be in that place is going out the back door. I know that. So I don't need to waste my time going through spiritual hocus pocus uh, kind of things and you know waving my hand and slapping oil all over the place kind of thing. There is there is no power in the oil. The power is in the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Come on, the power is of the authority that you carry, and so you need to know that wherever you go, my God, man, whatever is coming against you, it's got to back up when you show up. And when you carry that kind of authority, I'm telling you, things will begin to really begin to manifest in your life. Because you understand that the the very third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, has become one with your recreated human spirit and lives on the inside of you. It's flowing up and out of you like a mighty rushing river. Come on now. So we need the help of the Holy Spirit. As Thineos, every weakness, no matter what comes against you, Mm, Therapeo. Mm, come on now, healing that requires some kind of corresponding action right there. Then I said the other word was this Greek word, M-A-O-M-A-I. A-O-M-A-I. It's a, it means, it's a Greek word that means to cure or to doctor. To cure or to doctor. Come on now. And so when you, um, so, when we look in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we're looking at the gift of healing, that's the word right there. That's the word right there. That's why there, there's a difference between the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. Miracles are instantaneously, and then healing is a process. Come on. And so, when we look at Mark chapter 16, when he said, When you lay hands on the sick, they will recover, that's this word here. It means to doctor, it means that something will begin to immediately begin to take place. And begin to turn around in the name of Jesus somebody say amen 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 listen we prayed for our sister two weeks ago and uh, over some things that were going on in her body kind of thing some stones and stuff like that she just testified to me tonight that she went to the doctor she had a little bit of surgery kind of thing and they, they dealt with they took a couple of things out of her but then the stones that were in her bladder yeah, and her bladder when they went to look for them the doctor said they had been obliterated come on now like they were dusting the doctor was confounded that by the time they got there and the stones were gone somebody ought to give Jesus all the glory and all of the. All the come on as soon as we laid hands on her two weeks ago things began to turn in her body come on and change around last week we prayed for queen sheba over here and her friend that was in the hospital uh, we had a heart condition and she testified tonight Because the doctors didn't give him any hope whatsoever. But she's testifying tonight that everything has begun to turn around. And he looks better today than he has in a very long time. Come on. Somebody. He's recovering. He's recovering. Things are turning around. Come on now. For the glory and for the honor of Jesus that's that word right there Mark chapter 16 lay hands on the sick and they will he didn't say maybe he didn't say sometimes he didn't say well you if you catch Jesus in the good moon he said they will recover if you believe come on now that's the authority that you have as a believer here now the first time here's the five here's the five fingers that f- slip into that word as Phineos the number one is the Greek word nasos mes. N-O-S-O-S, N-O-S-O-S, right there. It means terminal condition. It means there's no cure in the natural condition, like uh, like, mm, certain kinds of cancers, okay, leukemia, AIDS, stuff like that that we're there right now that they literally do not have uh, any kind of... uh, um, you know, well, you just go home and, you know, take this or, you know, whatever, Have take this antibiotic and everything's going to turn around. Any kind of condition, any kind of sickness like that where they have absolutely, and from a natural standpoint, there is no natural way that a doctor or medicine could ever heal them. That's what this word is talking about here. N-O-S-A-S, terminal condition. There is absolutely no cure whatsoever right there. And uh, when we look in the gospel of matthew chapter 4 and i'm just going to read real quickly here verse 23 says he went about all of galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom of god the good news how many said that the, the kingdom is all about good news right and the kingdom healing every disease healing every weakness healing every infirmity among the people so the report went out about him throughout of all syria and they brought every single person to him that was sick those that were afflicted with with all kinds of diseases, tormented in all different ways under the power of demons, epileptics, people that were paralyzed, and he healed them all. Yeah, thank you, Kelly. And he healed them all. Come on, that's the Jesus that we serve right there. There isn't one person in the Gospels that came to Jesus and asked to be healed and didn't get healed. He didn't turn anybody away. So don't try to come up and try to convince me that uh, that jesus don't want to heal you he wants to heal jesus said if you see me you've seen the father hebrews chapter one says i am the mirror image of my father so you don't see jesus going around making people sick killing kids burning houses down breaking arms to teach people lessons come on now and jesus didn't do that therefore your father in heaven doesn't do nonsense like that he went around healing everyone that came to him now, what's us I read this out of the Message translation, and it says that Jesus healed people of their diseases and the bad effects of their bad lives. Whether it was mental, emotional, or physical, he healed them all. No matter what area of life it, they were touched by, Jesus healed, including terminal diseases, including. Uh, leprosy including any kind of sickness or disease people that were paralyzed people that were, had, were having epilepsy fits all of them he cured them all that falls into that category right there <clears throat> number two <clears throat> finger that fits into that that to that glove there Is this word here? M A L A K I A N. M A L A K I A N. It means, the Greek word is crippling disease. It's a disease that doesn't kill you, but it cripples your life. Uh, it literally keeps you, it, it attacks many times the nervous system of your body, kind of thing where it keeps you, you, you you're not going to die, but you can't function really in life with this kind of disease whatsoever. It, hit, it, it attacks your bones, it attacks your nervous system kind of thing. And so, but, and so he's saying that that's, that's another one of those things that are in that <clears throat> area of weakness right there uh, as Phineos right there. When God says, Jesus says, I love to heal that kind of stuff. I will never forget, I got all kinds of testimonies like I can tell you. Let me just tell you a couple. Now, I, I'll never forget hearing this testimony about this, this um, service that this, was at a church, a pretty big church, and, um, and uh, the, the pastor and his wife were up there, and it was done, the worship was coming to an end, kind of thing, and the pastor's wife <clears throat> believed that she heard the Holy Spirit saying that this lady right over here that's in the wheelchair and is paralyzed from her waist down that god wants to heal her so so i, I now the, the pastor the the the, the husband is uh, he was telling the story in in the service i was in kind of thing and uh, so he said man he was like sitting he took a few steps back and just kind of leaned up against the wall and he said oh my god he says uh um, she better be here for the lord He was like talking about his wife kind of thing he's about his wife you know she he better be here she, she better be here for the lord and so she says she called a couple of ushers to go up and help her right so she's sitting in the wheelchair right there and so he said get her up out of that wheelchair that's what the pastor's wife said get her up out of that wheelchair get that lady up out of that wheelchair right there so they grabbed her by her hands by her arm there and yanked her up out of that wheelchair but she was like paralyzed from waist down and so she just went limp on the floor kind of thing right and they said man be she's yelling out be healed in Jesus name Woo! Be healed, and, and they're dragging her on the floor. You know what I'm saying? So I want you to get the picture, right? So they're walking out in front of this thing, and they're dragging her in the front. Well, the poor ladies—they're dragging her, and they had something. There was like some kind of carpet up in the front, so the carpet was catching this lady's pants, right? Come on now, and pulling her pants down. Come on. So they had a couple of ladies following her there, right there. Come on now. So I want you to get the picture. So the guys are like dragging her, and then they got the ladies behind them pulling up her pants, and they're dragging her, and the pants is coming down, and they're dragging, they're pulling the pants up, and the wife and the pastor's wife be healed in Jesus name she's screaming at the top of, be healed in Jesus name my God and they're dragging her all over the church come on (laughs) and all over the church and uh and so and uh and then and the the pastor's husband there uh I mean the pastor's the wife the pastor he's sitting there, he's like closing his eyes and he's like oh my God my God, this is not going to be good, man. This is going to make the news or something. I'm gonna tell you, right, man. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. Oh my God, the world. This church is. This church is over. Kind of thing. And uh, man, once the once the news gets a hold of this, man. Oh, they're going, man. <clears throat> Come on now, <clears throat> Diane Sawyer is going to show up. You know what I'm saying? Come on now, and uh, it's all over for us. And um, some of you don't know who she was. That's, that was a long time ago. And um, and so, <laughs> um, and so. <laughs> I mean they did it i don't know how long They did i like, like 30 minutes and nothing was happening kind of thing so they put her back up in the wheelchair and then the pastor's wife she said now you all come back tomorrow night because the lord is going to heal her tomorrow night i promise you my hand to god god is going to heal this lady up and out of this wheelchair tomorrow night y'all better come back tonight tomorrow night and bring as many people as you can kind of thing and and her husband is standing on this like oh my god are we going to have a chat tonight oh my god when i get home we are going to have a talk and a half here i don't know what she and my wife has done lost her mind kind of thing right <laughs> I think so uh, so they got home and and he has a, a little chat with her kind of thing but man she's holding her ground she said i'm telling you right now i'm t- i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry sweetheart but i heard the lord tell me he wants to heal this lady and so i don't care what you say to me what you think or how embarrassed you feel. I'm telling you right now, tomorrow night we're gonna drag her up out of that wheelchair and God's going to heal her. And he and they say, I mean, what, what is he gonna say? So they show up the next night, because they're doing like a week long of revival services, they show up and man, yeah, like twice as many people came to the meeting. I think kind of like they all heard about the like, thing. Think what happened, they're like, man, oh dear, I know, right? So I mean that's one way to grow your church. And uh, and so and so, man, like, so now the church has come full to capacity. Come on now, just totally, man, literally hundreds upon hundreds of people are there. And, uh, and so they come to the plate, to have the service. He says, oh, my, the Lord's told me God's going to heal this lady up and out of this wheelchair. She's paralyzed from the waist down. And so <clears throat> she said, and so, but then they tried something a little bit different to that to tonight. So instead of grabbing her by the arms and dragging her on the floor, they got underneath her from behind and lifted her up and just held her right there standing there and then they had two people grab her pant legs and start to move her legs move her legs back and forth move her legs back so they got four people two people are holding her up and then two people are manually moving her legs and then as they did they did that for like 15 minutes and then all of a sudden boom the power of God hit this lady and the power shot through her legs right there and she was instantaneously healed from being paralyzed for her whole life come on somebody ought to give Jesus the glory of the honor of God Woo! Yeah yeah, yeah 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 come on now oh my goodness let me tell you about a story about an 85 year old man who showed up at a healing revival meeting uh, a healing evangelist meeting kind of thing right and uh and so he showed up and the meeting and he said he wanted to he he got up man and he was like just dancing 85 years old he's dancing back and forth across the the, the front of the church there i mean the plant not church i don't know if it was church or auditorium but man they were just i mean there was plates was packed and this 85 year old man now the the healing evangelist there was standing there and he was noticing like man, this guy is like he's pretty old. I mean, I, never, I don't think I've ever seen a man this old dance like that. I mean, he's dancing like a like a wild man, and like and to dance that long. And so he actually came off the platform and he said, man, he said, he said, what, what, what what's God? I don't think I've ever met anybody like you. He said, what, what, what is your story? He said, he said, he said, he said, man, oh God. He said, I got to tell you, three years ago, three years ago, I was watching your television broadcast on the TV and you had a word of knowledge and you said there's a man watching me now that's paralyzed he said God says to swing your legs around come on now off of that bed just jump off the bed and start dancing right there come on now and he said i received that word as a word from me and i did that i got off my bed kind of thing and as i before my feet hit the ground the power of god hit me come on and totally and instantaneously healed me and i've been dancing for three years now come on woo! thank you lord hallelujah Woo, that's what I'm talking about right here, right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. In 2008, when we were pastoring up in in uh, Milwaukee uh, area kind of thing, we had planted a church there in 2007. In 2008, um, a lady showed up in one of our meetings uh, who had been in a massive car accident, and she had she could not walk. She had all kinds of stuff that was wrapped around her, all kinds of, and she had that she if she could walk to get up out of the wheelchair, she had to had all kinds of apparatus stuff to help her walk and a thing and it was very difficult for her to walk but man she she came to that meeting expecting God to heal her and she came up and we prayed for her kind of thing and nothing happened and uh and so but I told her man the power of God has shot into you and I told her that you go home and you start thanking God for your healing thank God mm-hmm, she's in this action she's paralyzed She has, she can't use her legs kind of thing and the doctor said that she will never walk again for the rest of her life she's only like in her 40s and so she's never gonna walk again in her life so I said you go home and you believe that the power of God is shot into your body and I said you begin to thank God you begin to praise God every single day don't ask him again to heal you start thanking him like it's a done deal because it is a done deal praise is the language of faith come on now when you really believe God's done something for you whether you see it or not you're going to begin to praise him like it's already a done deal because as far as God is concerned in his heart and mind it is a done deal and so once you tap into his mind and his heart and his spirit you got to start praising him and thanking him and so she did that she did that for three months three months every day every day every day every day And then one morning, on morning, she just literally subconsciously, she wasn't even conscious of what happened. She woke up, sat up, swung her legs over the bed, and literally just, literally jumped off because the bed, her feet didn't touch the ground when she put her legs, that's how high the bed, and she just kind of just fell, just fell to the ground. And by the time her feet from the air to the ground, god healed her instantaneously and she started walking and it wasn't she didn't even realize when it happened until she got all the way down the hallway and into the kitchen and she said oh my god i'm walking come on now for the first time in how many months the doctor said i would never walk uh she went back to the doctor the doctor wept uncontrollably the doctor stood there and said what has happened how did this happen and she began to testify about the power of the healing anointing of a man by the name of Jesus the Christ the anointed one come on now <laughs> woo i'm telling you that right there right there right there right there right there right there crippling crippling disease attacking the nervous system man you can't function in life but you'll live come on now Jesus says, I came to heal that. The Holy Spirit, that's all tied into that word weakness right there. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm all about healing that. The third word is the word kakos, K-A-K-O-S, K-A-K-O-S. It means to be grievously vexed by a demon spirit. To be grievously vexed by a demon spirit. To be oppressed, to be mentally confused. Uh, to be uh, people that are schizophrenic would fall into this. But even even mental confusion kind of thing, and where you're just totally confused and you always seem to be just never seem to have clarity of mind kind of thing and all of this kind of stuff. It's oppression and it can turn into some you know being possessed, but many times it's just an oppressive diabolical spirit. That vexes you kind of thing and it just never never seems to go away um, you remember when Jesus came across the lake remember in the big storm try to keep him from am getting across the lake Jesus spoke to the storm calm the storm he got over there and a man came out of the tombs came out of the tombs out of the graveyard he had been chained down and broke the chains and they came running to Jesus and dove at his feet And Jesus said, said "What the the demons were manifesting, and he said, what what is your name? And he said, my name is Legion, for we are many. In the Roman Empire, a legion of soldiers was 6,826 soldiers. 6,826 soldiers made up one legion. So what this demon was saying, there was over 6,000 demons that lived in this one man, that literally would just lived in the cemetery many times chained down kind of thing talking to the dead talking to the dead talking to the dead the demons talking to the dead because they need to talk to somebody and uh, and so he fellowship with the with the spirits of the dead kind of thing for years and years the townspeople were tormented by this him, this man the demons recognized who jesus was came running and fell down Jesus took authority and dominion over this, these legion of demons, cast them out and totally, the Bible says he came back to his right mind. That's the word right there when he says he healed this man, that is the word, Greek word kakos, K-A-K-O-S, is being used in that particular situation. Jesus loves, the Holy Spirit loves to do stuff like that. When Jesus healed the young man, when the father came to Jesus, when he came off the mountain of transformation, and he said, my son is experiencing constant ep- epileptic fits and he's being cast into the, to the fire and into the lake and this demon is trying to kill him. And, and then it says that when Jesus looked at him, Getting ready, it says that this this young man went into a full-blown epileptic fit, fell to the ground, and the demon tried to kill him, and Jesus cast the demon out and healed this young man. Right there, that's the word, K-O-K-O-S. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, loves to set people free from things like that. Number four is the word, Mastagos. M-A-S-T-I-G-O-S. M-A-S-T-I-G-O-S. It means, in, in the simple terms, it's like a plague. It's like a plague. The lady who had the issue of blood for 12 years, that's what she had. That's the kind of word that the kind of sickness, right? That's some kind of plague, something that's reoccurring. That's something that just never seems to go away. That nobody it may subdue for a while, but then it rises up again and hits you and it just keeps on it just it's like a it cycles in your life kind of thing and it never ever seems to ever leave kind of thing and that's the word right there now here's the interesting thing right there right there and uh, that word right there is a that word m-a-s-t-i-g-o-s is a the word that the romans would use in torturing prisoners because here's what they do they would tie them to a whipping post, and they would <clears throat> they would take 39 stripes, and they would whip him almost to the place of death. Then they would put him in prison and let him sit there for months and heal up, and then they would drag him out and do it again, and then put him back into prison and let him sit there for months until he healed up, and they would drag him out and do it again and then they would put him back into prison and he literally they would let him spend months healing up and they would drag him out and they would do it again over and over and over this is how the Roman Empire dealt with with many many prisoners that uh, that they that they wanted to torture kind of thing so this is the exact word it means to torture it means to do it over and over and over and over again like a plague that never seems to live and at the very it it, it, at the it it really is it's just it it, uh, it's something that comes into your life and keeps you constantly messed up it comes into your life and you're constantly messed up by it kind of thing and uh and so it's uh, but here this if anything this word right here is an absolute incredible revelation of the character of satan himself this is what he wants to do he wants to grab you and torture you and then he'll leave you even with jesus is that he would leave for a, look for a more opportune time look for a more favorable time to come and try to torment jesus kind of thing and then he would step back into the shadows and then wait for another opportunity and then try to to torment him and torture him again and come back and he would look and that's what that word is that that is the very nature the very character the very mind of satan himself right there that's what he wants to do to your life if he can't keep you from being born again he wants to keep you in this state so you never ever really fulfill that which god has called you to do with your life powerful word right there. The fifth word right there I want to share with you tonight is A-I-R-I-S-T-O-S. <clears throat> A-I-R-I-S-T-O-S. It means to be so critically ill from a natural standpoint to be in a comatose state, to be brain dead, to be, in a, to be like in a coma. We're just right there. That's the fifth word for sickness and disease. By the way, in Mark chapter 16, when he says that believers will lay hands on the sick, that word sick is this word right here. Oh my God. He said, I'm calling you to lay hands on every kind of sick people. And he used the the worst Greek word for the most extreme Greek word there is for sickness. It means that Jesus, even if they are in comas, even if they're brain dead, if you lay hands on the sick, come on now, they will begin to recover and turn around. Doesn't matter what the doctors say. I'll never forget back at the first church that Sue and myself met. Uh, there was a young lady that was in her church. Her father had a massive heart attack while he was sitting up in bed. They rushed him to the hospital, and by the time they got in the hospital, he was in a total <clears throat> um, uh, coma. They said his brain was dead. They said they gave him, I think, one percent chance of living, kind of thing. Uh, the next day, the they, uh, they, daughter called me, and I was actually on my way to a pastor's meeting up in another state, so. I said, well, I'm on my way back, I said, I'll come to the hospital, I'll pray for him, kind of thing. And, uh, and so I just, uh, so that's what I did, kind of thing. And so when the doctors came in, out that day, because now he's in intensive care unit, one, <clears throat> 1% chance to live, they said, even if he somehow, by some kind of miracle, actually comes out of this thing, he will be a complete and total and utter vegetable. His brain is dead, completely, 100%. There's no, there's absolutely no, there's no, no question about it, whatsoever. And so when they said that to his daughter, she goes like this, yeah, I don't think so. You just hold on, my pastor is on his way. And when he prays, things happen. And how, how does she know that? Because I've been, for years, decades, I carry that. I just, when I pray for people, I'm not, I'm not hoping something happens. I'm not wishing something happens, I'm not, okay, well, whatever, Lord, whatever you want to do, I don't pray that way, I don't pray those kind of goofy prayers, I pray, what's the point of praying, if you don't, faith is knowing, not hoping, faith is not guessing, faith is not, if you don't know, you don't have no faith, faith knows, so if you don't know, you don't have any faith, you're still in the realm of hoping that something will happen, but once you move from hope to faith, now you know, so when you pray, you got to know that something's going to take place so she says when he prays things take place and so i walked in and they they told me the situation and so i walked into the intensive care unit kind of thing and i just simply put my hand right on his chest and i commanded the spirit of death to leave his body now in the name of jesus and immediately he came up out of the coma sat up totally out of the coma, and looked at me straight into my eyes and smiled at me come on now and then laid back down and went back to sleep kind of thing three months later this man walked in the front door of my church didn't even recognize who he was he was so transformed by the healing power of God he said I don't know if you recognize me Pastor Dan but I just kind of wanted to show up I know this isn't my church but I said I just wanted to show up today and I wanted to thank you for being obedient to the scriptures and to the words of Jesus to come to an impossible situation and lay your hands and actually believe God that God could do the miraculous kind of thing. If it wasn't for you, because nobody else would do that for me, if it wasn't for you, I would be dead today. Then the, second, uh, the, the third church that we pastored together, and we were up in Wisconsin kind of thing. A couple of uh, uh, came to our to uh, called us up and said, "Listen, uh, he was a chef at a, at a at a particular restaurant kind of thing." He said, "One of the guys that worked for us, me, he says has he is um, he is overdosed on drugs, and he is he's in a coma in the hospital. The doctor said he's about he's going to he gonna die within hours, kind of thing." Can you will you go with us to pray for him? And so we did. We went to the hospital and that night we pray. And we went there, walked into his room. He was in a coma. All the machines keeping him alive. Doctors said, again, there's absolutely no hope. It's just a matter of hours before he's dead. If it wasn't for us hooking the machines up, he would be already dead. That's how much, how much he overdosed on these drugs kind of thing. And, uh, and so I said, well, I said, uh, I don't think so. And so uh, I put my hands right on his chest right again, and I said, I, I take dominion over the spirit of death, and I command you to leave this physical body now in the name of Jesus. And when we did that, he literally, like when you take paddles and you, and you jumpstart somebody's heart and they, they go like, like that, the body, that's exactly what happened. He literally, I put my hand in and he went like that. His, his whole chest came off the bed and went and just like that and then fell back into the bed. And I said, now isn't that, that's, that's fascinating, isn't it? And, uh, and I said, uh, and so uh, I called the nurse in and I told her what happened. I said, is that normal for people that are in comas? she said nah, no uh if they're in a coma they're in a coma and uh and so i said oh okay that's nice so, so she left the room i said let's try that again and uh and i said let's see. and so we did it again it was like it was like a really cool moment and i put my hand on him i took dominion over the spirit of death and the same thing the power of god shot through and like 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 a defibrillator or they're shot through his body and he went. she jumped went back down and I was like, whoo, glory be to God. Mm, yeah, oh my God, he's on his way. And that's it. We started praising Jesus. I started thanking God. Within three days, this young man was up and out of that coma and sitting in a rocking chair. No, he was up the next day. it was up the next day, and in three days, he was out of the hospital. Come on, somebody. Somebody give all the praise and glory to Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Shambhada Mo that. I'm a little bit of a a few years back, uh, we were at the, uh, the church there in Wisconsin kind of thing, and it was on a Saturday. We were holding Saturday night services, and we got a call that, that Sue's brother had a massive heart attack. They were driving up from Nashville to Illinois, to Dixon, Illinois kind of thing. He had a massive heart attack while he wasn't driving. His wife was driving. He had a massive heart attack on Interstate 55 while they're on the highway, and he, didn't, he, he, he said, I'm not feeling right and kind of thing, and said all of a sudden... Uh he literally he literally had had a massive heart attack. Huge they said it, it's the uh, it's the widow maker artery kind of thing, where people die instantaneously kind of thing. And so he's literally they he she calls nine one one a young state trooper shows up and drags him out of the car kind of thing stuff so now he's in the ditch on the side of the highway and uh and so his wife gets behind the pickup truck gets on the knees next to the, the car streaming by she don't she said I don't care what man she lifted up her hands and she started crying out to God for supernatural divine intervention as her husband lay dead in the ditch while this young state trooper didn't, he tried his best, kind of thing, right? And then the paramedics got there, and they were able to, rest, to to bring him, get a heartbeat back. They got him back. They got him back into the the ambulance, kind of thing. And then he died again. And then, and so they got they got his heart back. there they worked on him for a while, and they got his heart another heartbeat back up. And then they raced to some local hospital, some small little local hospital, kind of thing. They brought him in there. And basically, said we can't do anything. In fact, the doctor said they they sent for a helicopter to bring him to a big hospital down in uh, what was it? Peoria, Illinois, right there. And so uh, it was a big heart hospital kind of thing. So that so then the the helicopter picks him up. But the while so she has to drive down there. And so by while he's in the helicopter before she leaves the hospital, the doctor said, well. Literally, you know, God bless the doctors, you know, and uh, but uh, they they, don't—they just got a license on the wall, says license to practice. Listen, they don't have most of the time. They don't even have a clue what they're doing, kind of thing. Really, they're just practicing on you. So I mean, if you want to take their word over this word right here, you might want to think that think that again, because this doctor said there's absolutely no hope. In fact, uh, I don't—he's going to be dead before she literally said this. other, Your husband will be dead before he gets to the hospital through that, that helicopter right there. And so, man, so uh yeah so you when the devil's speaking to you through the, these nice doctors you need to make a choice what report are you going to believe you're going to report and believe the the report of the lord or you're going to re, re, report believe the the word of the devil that's coming through a human come on now and so uh and so she refused to believe that she got down there they put them on all the machines to keep him alive kind of thing his heart was still still beat when he got there they put him on machines and the machines are breathing for him and keeping him alive so the next morning we we drove down there okay and so we walked into the waiting room all the family was there kind of thing and they man they looked like they looked like death warmed over you know what i'm saying there was no hope whatsoever they all like and so i was like uh I said, I told Sue, okay, listen, I'm not spending any time in this waiting room. I love your family, but they're all full of doubt. I got, I got no time for that. And I said that we need to get into the, into the room as soon as we can. So the only one that was in the room was his wife. And so we left the family and I said, let's go. We walked down the hallway to the intensive care room. As soon as we walked in, her back was so She turned around and saw us and saw us. And she said, and she almost started crying and said, Oh, thank God you're here. I knew if you showed up, everything would be okay. Come on, somebody. Why? Because people know come on now when other people got real faith come on now and they're not just not talking it people know people know when you got real faith they know when you're actually a real believer come on now and i just want to say it's time for a company of real believers to arise in these last days that really believe so i put when we put our hands right on me and sue put our hands right on him commanded the spirit of death to leave her brother my brother-in-law in the name of jesus in the next day right was it the next day or two days couple days couple days man they took the thing out and took all the stuff off and he started breathing by himself kind of thing and by the third day he was up and out of that bed right there we came back a week later a week later a week later now and, yeah and, and walked into the he was about to be discharged we walked in a week with seven days later two day come on died two times in the come on now laying in a ditch by the side of a highway uh but somebody believed god come on somebody understood that if you lay hands on the sick they will recover even if they're in a coma even if they're brain dead if you believe the word it'll take place in your life come on now and so before he was discharged they they said they wanted to take a little walk down the hallway so we, we went me Sue my brother-in-law and his wife were just walking down the hallway getting a little bit of exercise kind of thing uh, and so uh, before he left the hospital and as we were walking down, there was nurses and doctors that stopped us and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, Aren't, what's going on here? Aren't you the guy that died two times that was in the side of the ditch just seven days ago? How is it that you're up walking around getting ready to leave the hospital? And we said, well, it's because, because there was other men who had the same exact thing happen to them that came into the hospital the same day and not one of them was even close they were all in serious conditions on the verge of death not one of and here he is seven days later going home because of the power of God I'm telling you I came here to tell you that the Holy Spirit no matter what you're going through no matter what's happening in your life the the Holy Spirit no matter what kind of weakness come on now Now, I'm going to just bring this around here now to how it applies to our lives. Now, you say, well, I don't have any of those physical things happening in our life. But all of us have spiritual weaknesses in our lives. All of us. All of us deal with one or multiple spiritual weaknesses continually with our journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, what the Apostle Paul is saying right here, through these five Greek words that fit into the glove called asthenios to be sick to be weak to be infirmed the holy spirit will come and empower you in the midst of your asthenios in the midst of your infirmities in the midst of your weaknesses in the midst of everything that's taking place in your life so what he's saying is if you this is what the apostle paul is saying if you do not have the help of the holy spirit you will be Spiritually, come on now, dead. Mm -hmm, You need to to be, come on now, you're going to be spiritually dead right there. Uh, Number two, if you don't learn to lean upon the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be spiritually crippled. Come on now, and and after 35 years of ministry, I don't know how many people, they might be born again, but man, their life is dead their soul is dead there's no life into them they're just barely functioning through life they have no joy they have no peace whatsoever and man it just feels like they're always feel like they're dead on the inside and then there's others who feel like they're always crippled with fear they're crippled with anxiety they're crippled with all kinds of phobias that are coming their way where they can't get up they can't function they can't get out of their house they can come on now I, I I mean I'm telling you right now I know pastors that have not been able to fulfill the fullness of their calling upon that because they have fears of getting on planes yeah 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 and so I know others that have fear of driving so they don't drive they have other people that drive them kind of thing so they never get up and they never go because they they're crippled in some aspect in some area of their soul kind of thing and they're not being able to do Paul is saying here you need the power person and the presence of the holy spirit if you don't you will be spiritually crippled number three he says if you don't have the help of the holy spirit you will live in a constant ongoing sense of mental confusion 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 now does the Lord really want me to do that is this really the Lord's will am I really supposed to go that direction am I supposed to take that stuff is the Lord really speaking to me always confused kind of thing just going cycles of confusion all the time he says my God Paul is saying if you learn to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit you can live free from that confusion you can live with a knowing and understanding that this is the voice This is the direction. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And you don't need to be, you don't need to be confused. You don't need to be crippled. You don't feel like you're dying on the inside kind of thing right there. Mentally confused. Number four, if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, your problems, Paul is saying, will keep on reoccurring over and over in your life. Ah. This is the work of the enemy. The Holy Spirit will come and empower you in all of your weaknesses. Feeling like you're dead, feeling like you're crippled. Come on now, feeling always confused, and then having issues that cycle and reoccur, and you never really get victory over them, or you get a measure of victory, and then boom, you're going around the same mountain again, kind of thing this is the plan this is the strategy of the enemy he says but the holy spirit can help you overcome and live free from that and then he says you're going to need the help of the holy spirit if you don't have his help you're going to live as if you're in a spiritual coma come on just asleep in the light how many christians come on we were talking about i was talking about this with with jeff and sarah the other day but and we're talking about we kind of we both are the kind of the same age. We grew up listening to Keith Green. It was uh, I, li- I came home from high school every day, sat down. I had every Keith Green album, and I would listen to Keith Green for like two hours every single day, almost of my life, kind of thing, in, in high school, kind of thing. And there was one of those songs that he wrote. was called "Asleep in the Light." Come on now. Jesus rose from the dead and you can't even get out of the bed on Sunday morning and go to church. Come on now. Let alone do something for the Lord and the whole, I mean, we got a generation of believers that are literally sleeping in the light. And, uh, and so what is that? It's called a spiritual coma. Man, just right there, just man. He said that's because they never really tap into the Holy Spirit. They're never totally aware of what's happening. In their life, they're just walking like they're like a like, like, They're like a zombie like a spiritual zombie we, we could say today. Well, isn't that what Jesus said? He said he saw the multitudes and his heart was moved with compassion because they were wandering around like sheep without a shepherd Today we would phrase it. they were walking around like living zombies They're moving they're breathing, but they have no sense of mm, purpose and they're totally unaware of everything that's happening around them. They're in a spiritual mental emotional coma kind of thing because they never really learn how to tap into the person presence and power of the Holy Spirit. This is he said man you need to you can't you, he said this many times you don't even know how to pray. Right. Kind of thing you desperately need to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. So what is the Apostle Paul saying here? Let me just break it down for you as I close. He's saying here, here's the essence. Without the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit, you cannot do anything. And you need to have that mindset. You need to have that thing. I cannot accomplish anything. Come on now, are you listening to me? Mm. The gospel is not a self-help thing. The gospel is all about you coming to a place in your life where you're totally aware that you can do nothing by yourself. Uh, And so, I'm very disturbed about all these so-called Christian self-help manuals and books that are out there. God, there's there's more than you can keep track of. Kind of, it's total nonsense. The gospel is all about you coming to a place where you totally and utterly crucify yourself come on now and that you no longer live but it's Christ who's living through you so this is the grace of God the grace of God is not for you to live in your way you feel like doing it and God's going to God's saying I got your back I got you covered no the grace is the empowering presence of the holy spirit to help you do what he's called you to do and to help you change and be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And so if there's that transformation that's not taking place on a regular basis, you're not, you're not experiencing the grace of God. You're experiencing something mm, that is, mm, they call it, you might be calling it grace, but it's something other than the grace of God in your life. So, in 1 Corinthians chapter one, I'm not gonna take time to read it tonight because of the time. <clears throat> The Apostle Paul says, do you remember when all of you were called into the kingdom? Do you remember that? And say, he's talking to the church there at, at Corinth. He said, do you all remember when you, God, you felt that call upon your life? Do you remember where you were? Do you remember what you were doing kind of thing? And he says, I, I, want, I want to remind you that, that, uh, <clears throat> that this, this, he said, think about this, because there's three primary groups of people that God calls into the kingdom of God. And he mentions this. He says like this. Three. Number one, he says, I call the weak. The weak. And guess what? That word weak there is the Greek word asthenios. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah he said no 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 if you're not if you're not in the category of asthenios well let's say you're not you, you you no 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 i don't i only call people that are in i call the weak the ones that the world looks at and says these people are weak they are sick they are full of all kinds of diseases you take all five of those categories they all fit into that word asthenios and that's the word he says I look for the people that the world says is falling into all five of those categories there and those are the ones that I'm looking for right there there's the ones that I can use in my kingdom right there and then he says he says I call the ones that are base it's the Greek word topanos t-o-p-a-n-o-s it's literally translated this it means to be so physically ugly that nobody can look at you he says I call the weak the ones that have all kinds the world says these people are weak they're sick, they're useless they're worthless kind of thing and then I call the ones that the world considers completely and utterly so ugly that we want nothing to do with them can't even look at them he said those are the ones that i'm looking for and then he says i'm looking for the foolish i'm calling the weak the base and the foolish and the word foolish comes from the greek word moranos m-o-r-a-n-o we get our english word moron from that so he says i'm calling the ones that the world sees that is completely sick and full of disease mentally, spiritually, all kinds of things, even physically, whatever the case may be, they're worthless. And then I'm looking for the ones that the world looks at and says, these people are so ugly, they are good for nothing. And then I'm looking for the ones that the world looks at and says, these people are a bunch of morons. So if you don't fall into one of those categories, you can't be used by God. That's what Paul is saying. He said, if you think that you, you got to fall into that, so have you ever I, I ever had a conversation with a real moron? Uh, they don't know when to get up. They don't know when to get back up. They don't know when to how to clothe themselves. They don't know when it's time to eat. They don't know when it's time to go to bed. They don't know how to tie their shoes. They cannot do anything. They are utterly and completely helpless and totally dependent upon another person for their living existence. That's a true biblical medical moron. He said, I'm looking for those people. I'm looking for the ones that can come to the place where they realize that they are utterly and totally and completely cannot do nothing by themselves unless they come to a place where they are utterly dependent upon the person presence and the power of the holy spirit to lead guide and direct them to show them where to go when to go jesus said i don't do anything or go anywhere or say any words unless the holy spirit shows me that that's what my father wants me to actually say out of my mouth or move in this direction or talk to these people or go that way i am totally and completely and utterly dependent upon the person power and presence of the holy spirit this is what paul is trying to teach us here come to that place where you understand that no matter what you're experiencing, no matter how you feel, that if you lean into him and say, listen now. See, there was a day in my life that I, and I still, there were many times where, I didn't do it tonight, but there are many times where I asked, I actually asked my wife to come up and pray, not only for the people that are about to receive the word, but to pray for me. And the reason I do that is because there is nobody other than God himself that knows how desperate I am for the help of the Holy Spirit. I know, only God knows more than me how weak I am, what kind of a moron I really am. (laughs) Because when when I don't listen to the Holy Spirit, I I do stupid stuff, you know kind of thing. And so, uh, and I've done that many times in my life and regretted it. Now, thank God when I repent as fast as I can, and the Lord's grace is there because I have a spirit of repentance, and I learn from that and don't make the same, try my best not to make the same mistake again or same decision again, say the same words or go to the same stupid place kind of thing, whatever the case may be. But here's the reality is, all of your weaknesses is what actually qualifies you to be used by the Holy Spirit. If you're not weak, you can't be used by the Holy Spirit. Come on now. If you are, <clears throat> come on now. If you're not somebody that the world looks at and says, man, these people are worthless. They're useless. And that's the world. So I'm telling you right now, you, you especially those of you guys that are in the industry, you, you, you really have to keep this spirit about you, this kind of this attitude about you. Yeah, there, there's a fine line between... Walking and understanding the greatness of Christ on the inside of you and walking in that kind of confidence and, and knowing, like the Apostle Paul said, listen, I know, I know how to live in abundance and I know how to live without an abundance. But no matter what state I find myself in, I know that I can do all things because it's Christ or the power of the Holy Spirit who's empowering me to do what I'm called to do with my life. And so, that's why the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to close with this, this, this just by mm, paraphrasing this scripture there in Book Philippians chapter 3, when he says, now, I want to just know Jesus like I've never known him before. That's all I want. I just want to be like Jesus. And he said, because there was a day that I was called, and I was apprehended by Christ. for a specific purpose and he says all i'm trying to do is he said i don't have this thing down perfect i'm not perfect at what i'm about to tell you but here's what i do do in practice is i forget everything about my past including what happened yesterday that streams at me and accuses me that i cannot be used by god and i forget about all of that and i press into the future trying to apprehend that which i was apprehended for that's all i'm doing i'm just every day i'm stretching and the greek word is used for a guy that's coming across the finish line with his veins popping out of his neck and he's stretching his head across the finish line that's the greek word there he says i am pressing into the future forgetting everything from the past and trying to grab a hold with everything that i got apprehend the purpose for which i was apprehended by christ and he said that's all I, that's the way i live and in doing that i'm able to do and to finish everything christ has called me to do come on now somebody say amen amen, amen. amen. you received that tonight yes. amen Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah! I want to thank everybody on the call, everybody watching on Facebook, and I'm going to pray for some people here in the room now. So I want to thank everybody that's on Facebook. Thank you for being here, and uh, God bless you guys. We're here every every Thursday night. Love you, Father. I pray for everybody that's watching here on Facebook. I pray everybody that's on this call. i bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord God, Father. I thank you for every gift, every call, every anointing that's in and on and moving through them. And I thank you, Lord God. I bind the veiled voice of the accuser, Lord God, that would come and try to convince them that they are, Lord God, they are not worthy. Well in themselves you're not worthy, but in Christ you are worthy to receive everything that Christ has received and to flow and to function in everything that Christ has. So I pray that this spirit of revelation would awaken something on the inside of you tonight now and that you would wake up tomorrow morning with a fresh, just a fresh illumination and a fresh passion to pursue after the call of God upon your life, that you might bring absolute glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ through your life. And I ask that now, Father, in Jesus' name.